Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. We chat all things music as well as her latest single being Dagababa. She's on the line. Hey, Msaki. Msaki. Hi, Radio 2000. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Listen, one... Thanks for having me. There's two of us in the studio, right? One person is happier than the other. And the other person that's really, really happy is our technical producer because he he absolutely loves you, Psyche. Your music, the tone of your voice, your soul. So uh, uh, this one is for Sylvester, actually, this interview. Sylvester. <laughs> Hello, Sylvester. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Psyche, and thank you so much for making time for us. Now, let's get into it. You come from a family that um, is quite musical. I mean, your father's a DJ and your grandmother is a music composer. Uh, was um, mu- <laughs> Not really? Is Wikipedia no. lying to me? Lies. Lies. So tell me yeah, about so your... dad was a DJ yeah. when he was at Fort Hare. He was the guy with the afro and the vinyls. <laughs> and that's how he got my mom's attention, apparently, uh-huh. in the library. So it's mm-hmm. true. The DJs it's do get all the girls, right? Definitely, yeah, it is definitely true. <laughs> definitely true. Um, but he, he he's actually a choral composer, and that was passed on to my grandfather. He's uh-huh. really... Everywhere he goes, he was starting choirs, whether it was like the legal aid board, whether it was even teaching... But he's perpetually studying choirs. Yeah, and is and, that and making up songs? Is that where the love for music came from? Did you get it from your dad? I wouldn't even say. I definitely like in terms of DNA, he's probably a carrier. <laughs> but my grandfather was a prolific composer of his Jimmy Dinner sounds. Mm. And if someone was coming to visit the village, he'd be asked to compose a special song to welcome them. So yeah, like anything from and then yes, he was also a teacher. So. Any 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 choir that he formed would go to competitions and found some of his songs in the SAPC archives. And mm. I've reworked one and I released it. I'm going to be releasing it as part of this body. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. Now let's talk about your creative entity called One Shushu Day uh, Artistry. How has this entity helped you, helped you grow as a musician? And why go independent? I think for me, the, in the independent route was a no-brainer because I just had an interest in the entire music value chain. I wanted to know, you know, once I've written the song in my room, like, how do I get it to people, you know, as purely as possible? Mm. And I was kind of in, interested in, in, in preserving the soul of the song because I know that the industry has the, has the potential to corrupt the soul of the song when it gets to people um, on the way, by, either by changing my image or by telling me who I can collaborate with or not collaborate with, by telling me what I should sound like or look like. Mm. And I wasn't interested in those conversations so i just started doing my own thing and learning how to put up music um and so the entity has morphed, morphed it's got a side chain now which is outlack um outlack continua and that's making the same space available for my community of friends and artists that i've encountered on the way that are that are like-minded and have an independent mindset yeah and and, and is that the reason why maybe you have perhaps a love-hate relationship with radio because um i know you you there was a um a campaign or um a conversation that you were having around um radio not tempering or censoring um music talk to me a bit about that because i was quite fascinated i mean i'm in the in music i'm in the radio industry and yeah. uh, we, we 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 receive music but we also need to be mindful of um the message that is carried through that music and you have an issue with uh, radio uh, censoring music it's, it's quite simple because radio is a medium that i respect and i think it's an art form you know and and also a, a space that's really made um you know what has made space for me as an artist mm. in, in, in in beautiful ways 
but the my my issue with radio at the time was that I was I was I just um, I just released a process song that was uh, called Anisbadi Sang. Yeah. And it was it, it you know long. It I didn't I didn't make it for radio. And then radio requested it and then cut it. Oh. And requested it. Yeah, requested it to play it. And I was like, well, I didn't make the song for you because you don't fit this format. You need, you know, you need shorter songs so that you can go to ad breaks. I understand that, which is why I didn't send it to you. Yeah. Um, there are songs that fit the format and you get them. We send them to you, we plug them, we pay people money to send them to you. Yeah. So if you're going to ask it, ask for it, I was saying, can you please respect it? Especially if it's a song where I'm working through things that are not easy. You know, that song is about our political landscape, but it's about corruption, it's about how we're not held in high regard by mm, our politicians. Mm, mm. Now you go and you cut that message in half when it took so much for me to say it. You know, you were, I, I think there was a disrespect in that. Yeah. Let's go to the beginning, 2013, when your EP, Nali Temba, came out. And, and, and we fast forward to 2021. How have been things going for you in the music industry? Are you happy with the path that you're in? Are you happy with how you received? Are you happy with how your craft is being re- respected um, by mainstream media? Yeah, I think... You know, I I think I I am. I'm very happy and I'm extremely grateful. I think my path has been a bit, you know, um, unorthodox, a little yeah. bit slow, and intentionally so in some parts. But I think there's an an, an openness to poetry in music um, that I think people undermine the, the intelligence of the listener. Mm. And people just they don't they're happy to read between the lines. They don't always want the same kind of song. They don't want us to only yeah. you know sing about this one or some. Like we can sing about love a thousand ways. We can sing about hurt a thousand ways, and I think even in the dance space, like the 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 openness to whatever whatever kind of poetry I want to put in there has blown me away. And I've always known this, so I think for me it's just about what what are we playing for people? We have the ability to change people's creative palettes. You know, if you're just feeding them pop and gunk, that's all they're gonna want. Mm, you know, mm. but at the same time, people can choose now. People are curating their own listening experiences. And they're curating, um, that's the world right now. Yeah. We're curating our own people at Netflix. They, if they don't like TV, they'll check out and, and put together their own True. watching experience. True. If they True. don't like what's playing on radio, they'll, they'll, they'll choose something else. So, yeah. Your art, um, sorry, your art, and, and going back to, you know, um, the amount of time that you take and the, you know, the thought that goes, in behi- goes into your songs. It's not just, it, it makes us dance great, but it also makes us think as well, some of your songs. And, and it inspires a lot of people to ask uh, questions. Now, let's go to your song, At Stake, and it was released during the peak of GBV. Please tell us more about this particular song. Um, the song is... Obviously, a comment on femicide. All right. <laughs> the, the song is a comment on femicide, and I think at the time it was just to ask the question, you know, as everyone is asking, like, am I next? Why must I be next? It was like, why are we having this conversation? You know, why do we have to think about life and death just for simply being female? Yeah. And in the same breath, you know, um, my friends in the queer community were just, you know, being necklaced and burnt for being queer. Mm. And so the song... You know, it has tough questions in it, but it was also, it ends in a way where I say, like, the community of women that I have I have been around, you know, that holds spaces, safe spaces for us to, to try and traverse some of these things, and even safe spaces for men to get over their, their nonsense, you know, yeah. are my heroes, and that Ingo Maya Biando Meleza, and... And that, and that was the way that the song ended. It wasn't, I needed to find a 
string of hope for myself because I have two daughters. Yeah. And we can't just say that the world is broken and this is what you inherit. We have to maintain a sense of hope for them. And even though it's bleak and we are the rape capital of the world and we are dying for reasons, sure. you know, we're being cut up and put into ovens by our boyfriends. We're in danger at home more than we are out in the, in, in the world. It's very difficult to think about a future. But how can we bring children into this world and not hope for them? Yeah. Uh, you know, Msaki, I believe that art as well as artists should reflect the times. And you've got an upcoming double album called Platinum Heart. It is, is it a reflection of the times? Is it a reflection of South Africa? What's going on in the world? Or is it a bit of a, you know, oasis that we can run away to and um, have a bit of peace of mind from the troubles of the world? Wow, this is such a great question. I I think about this a lot, and I'm hoping that it's a bit of both because you know even the, the title platinum is platinum with the with the B is is kind of a, an attempt to stay subtle hearted. I don't want my heart to become hard. I don't want it to be hopeless. Mm. And I think one of the things that I'm here to do is to encourage. You know, but I also don't like encouraging people without going through stuff that hurts because it's a kind of it's like reminds me of that happy clappy one way Jesus jumping up and down in church yeah. as if everything's going to be okay when like the reality you know you need to heal you need to go to the things that are broken in order to mm. really experience true joy so part of it is about black joy it's about dancing it's about having a good time you know and it's about also the resilience of how we deal with trauma in this country yeah. some of it is humorful some of it is um you know we just open a, a six pack of savannas and put it on our head it's just <laughs> it's like a tribute to all of that like beautiful cacophony that this country is but it's also saying you know we have a problem and we are broken and we need to address this because if we sweep anything else under the rug there'll be eruptions like we've seen yeah um yeah You've worked with the likes of Simpiwe Dana. You've worked with the likes of Prince KB, as well as Gabza the Small. Um, I think you're great as as an individual, but you're also incredible when it comes to working in a collaborative form. Uh, Who do you still inspire or aspire, rather, to do a collaboration with? I'm really interested in my peers. Um, (laughs) I really am. Like the people that are making music in the Eastern Cape, the songwriters there. Nice. Um, Umle Sounds is one of my favorite collaborations. They're from P.E., or do a kind of quality, he just released a, a beautiful single uh, called Nkagoma. Mm. I'm really just interested in, in the people that are holding up indigenous music. I'm interested in, uh, yes. in another artist called Ndano Kwele from Cape Town. Um, I'm, it's, uh, I kind of, I'm kind of there, you know. I see everything happening in the world. The world will come to us. We just are tapping into our own cultural mm. heritage. And I'm unlearning a lot, and the journey is documented in my music as I go fetch the things that I should have gotten. You know, if colonialism, if post-colonialism, if all of these things didn't happen to us, the whitewashing, the assimilation, yeah. the things that I've lost in my tongue because, you know, the way things are. I am, I'm going to fetch those things, and I want them in my music. So that's what I'm interested in. And what does the future hold for you, Msaki? I know it's a very broad question, um, but maybe let's focus uh, on music specifically. What does the future hold for you? Yeah, I think a lot of reaching internally and trying to just make more sense to my community, um, become a good pillar and a support. But I think, yeah, I have global aspirations as a songwriter. I've had really great stint writing in L.A. Um, for other musicians. Nice. I'm, I'm willing to grow in, as a songwriter because I really want to improve songwriting culture in this country. And I have to be built at a, at a, at a good level to be able to contribute you know, because the talent is incredible. Mm. And um, and I think all we need is just structure, a bit of an ecosystem and support. So in the future, yeah, I think as an artist, we'll see what happens. I'm just going to keep releasing music and hoping that um, I make space for people to, to go to the things 
that they need to go to at the time. Yeah. And and as a as a writer, I hope you serve this music community as well. Write songs for people that I that I admire. Mm. And as a producer and a creator, I want to make shows. I want to create albums. Um, yeah, I just want to. I'm, I'm I'm living my dream. I'm I'm a kid living <laughs> a, a, like my dream as a, as an artist. So I'm just grateful for every day to You've be able got- to work. You've got your cake and you're eating it for sure. This is your time. Yeah. Let's talk about Umtagababa, which is a your latest single featuring Gabza the Small, the man of the moment, as well as Focalistic, also a man of the moment. Please tell us a bit more about this. Now, I'm always quite curious to find out about the creative process that comes into making these hits. So who made the first call? Where did you guys record this song? Was there magic? Was there sparkles in the air? And you were like, oh my goodness, we've got something here yeah that whole session left us with goosebumps because <laughs> i wasn't expecting to meet vocalistic it's just that um Gabza's studio is a bit of a movie and you don't know what you're going to get yeah you know so i went there it was probably my second time going when i met vocalistic and Gabza is so encouraging when it comes to my production he's always like if i can bring your guitars these are the means of your production <laughs> and the, the song started with me playing guitar and then Gabza built a beat around that but we were actually jamming outside because I was planning on recording another song but I was just playing the riff on my guitar. Yeah. And they're like, What which one is this now, Mzagi? And I just I just thought I kept playing it and then the song kind of built itself and Focalistic was definitely an instrumental part of making the song a bit cooler. Yeah. And he's also got so much heart. He was like this has to be encouraging. <laughs> We've got to make sure that we you know we took him to the kid in the corner. And that's where we met. I think our, our, we crossed hard there where he wants to encourage and so do I. And then, yeah, absolute goosebumps. Like the song just happens. Thank you um, so much. And- Thank you for painting such a beautiful picture of what happened when Dagababa was recorded. And also, Psyche, I just want to commend you for being um, that individual that's documenting um, the, the history as it's happening. You know, um, you are very much part and parcel of the South African music landscape, and you're doing such a great job in uh, documenting this whole experience. Because I can imagine a hundred years from now, someone is going to look back at your catalog, look back at all the the things that you've documented and all the collaborations that you've done and learn so much from it. So thank you so much for putting in the work. Thank you. It's such a, uh, an honor and a privilege to be able to follow my dreams. And I think of my father who yes. had this gift but had to go do other things, had to teach, had to be a lawyer because those were the codes available mm. for someone like him. So I'm standing on the shoulders of giants and I'm just so honored to be able to take this forward. So thank you for seeing value in what I do. And, and how do we, you know, experience you on social media? How do we see when Saki is performing? Can you give us those handles quickly? Sure. So I'm I'm on I'm MSAK. I'm Saki underscore ZA on on Twitter and on Instagram. Just Saki on Facebook. Um, I actually have an exhibition next week Saturday. Oh, fabulous! When my album will be launching at Nyrox. Um, Narok's foundation. So you experience the music and you experience the art behind it that I've been making for the past few months. And so people are welcome to come to that. Um, and then I'll be I'll be performing, you know, from the first of December everywhere, <laughs> inside the home parties, on the on the theatre stage. I'll be everywhere, I'll be everywhere. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. You're booked and busy, Sissy. And I like that for you. Radio 2000 Podcast.